You're now tuned in to the One Shot Podcast hosted by Vincent and John. This show contains movie spoilers, R-rated content, and Hollywood's hottest takes on movies old and new. Listen at your own risk. Welcome back to the One Shot Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Vincent. And I'm Johnny. Welcome back to the show. As you can see, we are in a brand new studio for the first time. Yes, and it looks much different than our other studio. So most of the episodes... Moving uh, forward. Hopefully moving forward will be in here. We still have some that were recorded in the old studio. Yeah. So you'll see those over the next few weeks. Yeah. But But, uh, yeah, we're trying to get this one out because, you know, it's a brand new movie. Basically brand new movie. Yeah. Uh, But before we get started on this show, we break down movies and we rate them on three different scales, acting, plot and overall rating. And we also jump into some different topics throughout the show. Um, And joined with us today is a special guest. Jessica. My name is Jessica Savetta. I'm Vincent's older sister. Yes. And she had some good views on this movie. So we figured we would uh, invite her on the show and see, yeah. talk talk about her opinions. Yeah, we're, yes. <laughs> we're, we're excited to talk about this movie. Uh, we have some differing opinions between the two of us, at least. So. Three of us. No, three of us. Three? I think I think yeah. you and her are on the same page, though. I Good. think you, you and her are mostly on the same I page. Would ag- I think that's the, the smart decision. You two both <laughs> fuck, You two both fucking liked Wakanda Forever, which I can't get my head around. It was much better than this movie, I, I think, You personally. are insane. I, and you liked I Thor, have, too. Did you well, not? Well, I, I did, and then... I was thinking about it, and I was like, "Yeah, it was pretty trash." Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So okay. I so also, I also like Wakanda forever better than this. Yeah. So it it, it just there there is a, there. I, I'm not gonna say I hate this movie because I definitely don't. It's definitely not the worst thing Marvel's ever put out, but no. it's definitely not in the top at all. So yeah, that's exactly how I feel. I feel like this was an average movie, and an average Marvel movie, more particularly an average Ant-Man movie, because all of the other Ant-Man movies feel the exact same to me as this does. But I feel like at least this one was probably the better of the movies to come out since No Way Home, besides Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi was probably the best to come out since. Yeah, that's obvious. Um, Well, Shang-Chi was before No Way Home. Right, but I'm saying after Endgame, it was probably, not including No Way Home, Shang-Chi was the best to come out. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that as well. Yeah, no, I feel that way. Uh, I feel like this movie, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, was one that we kind of had high expectations for because we knew that Kang was going to be in it. But at the same time, we knew that it was an Ant-Man film. But so we, we had high hopes for know. almost all these movies coming out, and well, they've let yeah. us down drastically. I would agree with that. Like, Multiverse of Madness, I thought it was good. I didn't think it was fantastic. But, like, they hyped it up so much saying oh the multiverse is never going to be the same they did it with this one too and like like again the multiverse is still fine yeah we haven't seen a big impact yet uh the only impact we saw was fucking loki like not at the i'm just saying like the show loki i I spoiled it but loki shows up in the end everybody if you if you don't know okay now you know we we (laughs) say it in our intro we this movie this podcast contains spoilers so just listen closely yeah so <laughs> today, obviously, we're doing Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. The genre of this film was a adventure-slash-action film with a runtime of two hours and five minutes, and the release date was February 17th, 2023. So right now, it is March 2nd, uh, a little bit after its release, and we're going to try and get this out by the end of the week, or st- the start of next week. So I actually thought, I, I forgot it was March 2nd. Yeah, so it, this sh- like... episode should be out March 6th, I believe. 
Uh, yeah, that Monday. So th- this upcoming Monday. Yeah, but if we want to, we can jump right into this movie and uh, start breaking it down. So please read us plot. Yeah. So this is the best plot I could find. Um, I wasn't gonna use Wikipedia. I wasn't using IMDb because IMDb, they had like the whole synopsis of the movie, and I wasn't reading we, that. We don't need all that. Yeah. So. The plot of this movie is Ant-Man and the Wasp find themselves exploring the quantum realm, interacting with strange creatures, and embarking on an adventure that pushes them beyond the limits of what they thought was possible. That plot doesn't do this movie justice, I don't think. I mean, it's true, but I don't think it really tells you everything that needs to be said. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, it's in my opinion, it's missing half the cast. Right. Yeah, I, know. I mean, where's Janet? Where's Hank? Where's Cassie? They they don't even mention them in this in this plot synopsis. I mean, maybe they were trying to like hide that, but I mean, right, by but trailers, in, you can see they're there. I was going to say, they're in every single trailer they're in and every, every poster. Poster and uh, interview, everything. And they didn't even mention Kang in yeah. the plot. So, I don't know. This I'd is this is the best plot I could find on, and it just showed up on Google. I tried all different websites. Even Rotten Tomatoes gave me a fucking plot that was like ten miles long. I'm yeah, like, we don't on. we don't need all that. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. How do we feel about the plot? Was the plot good? I, and how was the, the execution? I think the plot itself was good. I think some of the execution could have been better. I think the plot was okay, but I think it. I think I wanted it to be, you know, when when you're first introduced to Ant-Man, he is like a con artist. He is someone that goes and does these uh, robberies, you know, kind of a Robin Hood, steal from the rich, give to the poor, whatever. And I think if they framed this movie more in like it was this like quantum heist, you could have gotten a lot more, because that's what it was. I mean, the main point was him supposed to go and get Whatever that orb was for Kang, I can't remember what it was called. Yeah, but I don't like know. But it was it was a heist. The, movie, the core, I, I think. Right, it was just like his co- the chair core or whatever. It was, yeah, it was just the core. Um. So I think if they like, I don't know if they 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 played more into that like interdimensional multiversal like heist instead of just like they're exploring the quantum realm. I don't think that really does it justice. Yeah, I mean, because they weren't they weren't just exploring. They got sucked in. And then they had to figure out what to do. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just, I'm not a big fan of this film. And I don't have many good things to say about it besides the visual effects. The visual but, effects were fantastic. Uh, yeah, they were. But I mean, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But even though there's not that much to mention, um, they were good. But like, I don't know. I just don't have many positive things to say about this film, to be completely honest. I, I, I do. So okay. I like that. Do we, but the thing was, is with Ant-Man, it's always a heist. In, yeah. in Endgame, it was the time heist. In the first one, he was just getting, like, he getting went in and the, got the suit, right. In the second one, he had to steal the, the well, he was trying to steal the building that had the, the like, machine to the quantum realm yeah. to get Janet out. Like, it was, it's all a heist. Like, I feel like if they did, like, almost, like, OG Ant-Man kind of story, I guess you could say, in this one, it probably would have turned out a little bit better. Like, but, everything is a heist. Yeah, but I'm thinking about that, and the fact is, he wasn't willingly doing this. He was forced no. to, to right. go on this heist. So I think it's, I don't know, It's I think it's a little bit different. You can't really play it off as a, as a heist, yeah. because he was kind of forced to... And if he didn't do it, his daughter was going to be killed. But also, Ant-Man's, like, supposed to be this, like, con artist. 
almost. But but in the first movie, you kind of have that same situation where Hank's like, "You're gonna do this for me, right? Like, you like need you're to gonna do put this on the suit, me, or like I'm turning you back into the police sort of situation." So I think he's always kind of been, you know, pressured into doing things. But yeah, yeah I think I, I think it I, more so was the director who missed their mark on this. Yeah, I think the script suffered too, but we can get into that later. Yeah, yeah. So um, do you want to jump into the cast? Yeah. So first up, we have Paul Rudd as Scott Lang or Ant-Man, of course. He's known for all three Ant-Man films, Anchorman 1 and 2, 16 episodes of Friends. And I heard that, I don't know if this is true, but his like first big acting role was in Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers. Interesting. That's, uh, that's what Andrew told me. I never knew that. Well, yeah. He would know that, so that's probably yeah. True that's that. what he said. He well, he was watching it one day, and he was like, "Do you know who that is?" I was like, "That's fucking Paul Rudd." He's like, "Yeah, this is like one of his first wow. major acting roles," and I was like, that's, "That is that's, that's interesting." I never knew that either. Huh. And Clueless, don't forget about oh, Clueless. He was in Clueless. Yes, you're right. What? Wait, what's Clueless? You never seen Clueless? No. With with um L um L Woods, she's like the 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 pretty blonde that like wants to go to like Harvard Law, and everyone's like, "You can't do it because you're a dumb blonde," and she's like. I'm going to do it even though I am a blonde. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's like a classic like rom-com movie. Yeah, yeah exactly. And he's in it. This is That was one of his big breaks as well. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know that. that. So who do we have up next, John? Um, Up next, how the hell do we even say her name? Evangeline Lilly. Okay. Yes. We have Evangeline Lilly as Hope Van Dyne slash The Wasp. And she is known for Real Steel. Great movie. Love which, it. Yeah, that is a good film. I love that movie so much. Yeah. I actually watched it like a month ago. Really? It's on oh, Hulu. Wow. It's great. Go watch uh, it. She's also in two out of the three of the Hobbit films. I don't know which ones. They just popped up, and I was like, Hobbit. Yeah. She's also in The Hurt Locker, which is a underrated movie with a Jeremy Renner. Really, really good movie. Jeremy yeah. Renner. Yeah. So it's a war movie, but it's really good. I actually had to watch that for class my sophomore year here. So yeah. good movie. Interesting. Uh, and she was an extra in the beginning of her acting career, starring in Freddy vs. Jason. Yeah. Well, she was an extra in Freddy vs. Jason, the Lizzie Gu- the Lizzie McGuire movie, uh, White Chicks, and Smallville, hmm. which I didn't know she was an extra until I was actually listening to uh, Michael Rosenbaum and Tom Welling's their podcast. Uh, their podcast, and he said that Evangeline Lilly was one of the extras, and I was like, "Oh, that's sick! That's, that's so really cool. cool!" So I was like, "You know what? It's worth mentioning." Yeah, definitely. That's really neat. All right, Jess, who do we have up next? Uh, you have Michael Douglas as Dr. Henry Hank Pym, um, a.k.a. the OG Ant-Man. Um, he was known for Behind the Candelabra, um, Wall Street, Traffic, and Fatal Attraction. Unfortunately. And oh. I didn't know his first name was Henry, so every time they called him Henry in the movie, I was so confused. So was I. I was like... I was like, his name is Hank. <laughs> Why do you keep calling him I was thinking Henry? the same thing, especially <laughs> when she said it first, and then and then Bill Murray started to say it, and I was like, no, his name's Hank. I was like, it is Hank, no Henry. But then you put it together because Hank is usually short for Henry. Yeah, Yeah. I didn't, I kind of got a tip before watching it. I saw something on TikTok saying like, why why were they calling him uh, Henry when his real name's (laughs) Hank? Uh, I saw it on TikTok a couple days before I saw the movie. So yeah, I had no idea. And I was like, I, I was watching it when I was watching it the first time. I didn't pick up on it when she first said it. And then throughout the movie, I was like, wait, hold on. His name's Hank. 
Yeah, that was me the whole time. I was like, why do they keep calling him Henry? (laughs) Yeah, and why in this movie in particular? Also, another thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Also, another thing. Why did Cassie call? Are they? Did we miss something? Did they get married? Because she's calling him Grandpa. Like, did we miss something? Um, I don't don't think so. I didn't like that. Think so. I didn't like that at all. Um, I my my theory pretty much is that they took care of her during the blip, potentially. Or like looked yeah. after her. Yeah. Even though no, she no, had no. her mom no, no, still. No. Yeah. They were blipped. They were too? Yeah, they yeah, were. The, at the, the end of Ant Man and the Wasp. Shit, you're right. The you're whole right, scene right, at the end right. of Ant Man and the Wasp. That's why Scott gets stuck. So like shit. Yeah, you're right. I forgot about that. And then but yeah, because he finds at, at in Endgame we, we he finds her at the mom's house. Yeah, that's true. He finds Cassie yeah. at the mom's house, which I'm actually kind of mad that they recast Cassie. I'm not a big fan of uh Catherine Newton. Yeah, so speaking of her, do you want to just say what she's been in? Uh, Catherine Newton as Cassie Lang, and she's known for Bad Teacher, Paranormal Activity 4, Detective Pikachu, Freaky, and uh, the hit TV show Supernatural, which I enjoy a lot. Never seen it, but I've always heard good things about it. I knew she looked familiar, but I didn't know it was Detective Pikachu was the reason why I knew. (laughs) Dude, I, I was saying the same thing. When I saw it, I was like... Oh shit! Yeah, that's her. I didn't even pick up on it. Yeah, I didn't even pick up on it. John still Uh, hasn't seen Detective Pikachu. I've wanted to. I just never got around to it. He's not a. It's a cute. It's a cute movie. He's not a Pokemon guy. And Ryan Reynolds. What do you mean? mean? Really? Yes. Since when? Every time I bring up Pokemon, you like never say anything. That's just because I was into it more when I was younger. But But I still enjoyed playing the game. Dude, Ryan Reynolds as Pikachu is fucking hilarious. Oh, I bet it is. I just never got around to watching it. And I swear to God, it was the biggest plot twist I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. I, like, never expected that to be. I couldn't have put that together. So maybe I got to watch it then. Maybe I'll get around to it. I would would watch it. It's fun. It's cute. So up next, we have uh, Michelle Pfeiffer as Janet Van Dyne. And she is known for What Lies Beneath, Hairspray, One Fine Day, The Fabulous Baker Boys, and Scarface. To be honest, I didn't like her in this movie. Uh, Ooh. That's a big, yeah. That's a big opinion right there. I just didn't really like her and what they did with her character because they, they kind of shut her off to everybody else in, in the in their family, and I feel like, a it wasn't super necessary, and b the part where we see Bill Murray and them like I just. I didn't like that. It was a little weird. It was strange yeah. to me. And I just didn't think that was necessary, to be honest. Like, I understand you're in there for 30 years, you got needs, but, like, you could have just not had that in, <laughs> yeah. to be honest. I don't know. I didn't really like it. Yeah, but. I was going to say, I really liked, like, flashback Janet Van Dyne. Like, yeah. when she was in the quantum realm with Kang and, like, all of that. But, like, her in the present day interacting with her family, like you said, was just, like, very weird. Yeah, it was very, it was a little odd. Um, But also there were like a bunch of major plot holes throughout this from Ant-Man and the Wasps to this one to Quantumania where like she's willing to put Scott into the quantum realm to help Ghost. First of all, we don't see Ghost at all in this movie um, to help Ghost. And then she doesn't want to talk about it at all. And like she gets really defensive and it's like, well, you kind of sent Scott to yeah, go into fine. the quantum realm, she's and he fine. got stuck there for five years. Yeah, what I don't understand is she's fine sending Scott into the quantum realm, but the second Cassie turns that machine on, she freaks out and, yeah. t- and breaks it. Quote, well, apparently she breaks it, but well, not really. Yeah. 
Uh, it's just, it, it was weird. There's a lot of stuff. I feel like people just haven't watched the previous movies and they're like, we're going to write this one and it's going to be fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Not, not a huge fan. But Jess, you remember Hairspray? You, we used to have the, we yeah, used to have absolutely. the CD, the, the DVD of I it. I watched it like two weeks ago. N- you're kidding. Cause I actually did too. No, I watched <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I watched it like two weeks ago. Yeah, I was like working from home, and I'm like, oh, I'll play this in the background. I I don't know. I was listening to like Spotify, and I got on like a, a musical kick, and I was like listening to like Disney songs and like musicals. Yeah, yeah. And Hairspray came on, and I was like, fuck it, I'll watch Hairspray tonight. And I was <laughs> yeah. like, that's so funny. See, yeah, we have yeah. like the same gotcha. mind. Who would have thought we grew up in the same house? Yeah, no, crazy, right? <laughs> wow. Uh, so who's up next, Jess? Yeah, who do we have? Um, then we have Jonathan Majors as Kang the Conqueror. He was known the last black man in San Francisco, white boy Rick, Devotion, and the TV shows Loki and Love Lovecraft Country. Um, he's also going to be in the new uh, Creed movie, Creed Three. So excited! It comes out Friday. Yeah, comes out yeah. tomorrow. Tomorrow, shit. Well, as of now, tomorrow, March third, is going to come out. But yeah, this is yes. out on March sixth. Oh, I want to go see it. Yeah, you got to go pick up your sister, don't you? I would be busy. Yeah. Um, but uh, what do we think about Jonathan Majors in this movie? He was hands down the best part of the movie. I, I think he was really good. I feel I like agree. he could have uh, played the, like, psycho, like, kind of, like, unhinged character just, like, a little bit more. Uh, no, but I don't I don't think, at least in my opinion, I don't think Kane, uh, Kang is unhinged. I think he is cold and calculated and ruthless. Like, that's he how, that's exactly what I think, what too. He's, like, he knows exactly what he's doing, so he's not going to have these, like, huge like emotional outbursts but like sometimes when he was talking about things i was like dude you're so scary right now like i would not want to mess with you and then i guess in my opinion i felt like the actors didn't react the right way to how serious and scary he was yeah like it felt like they didn't understand how badass he was like not even that but just like how much of a threat this is right you need to be like cowering in fear as how bad this is gonna like turn out for you yeah no i or how bad it should have turned out for them in my opinion it's kind of crazy to me to think that like he was he's gonna be the big bad he's the like most powerful being and he's a lot of theories are saying he's actually not dead and he is going to become the most powerful being uh yeah and you know people are like just like running at him like it's nothing and then he just mobs them, which I feel, was actually kind of funny. I feel like I know we're yet to talk about the director and then the writing and stuff, but I feel like he was let down. I, I feel I like so. the writing did not do him justice. I feel like he is such a menacing character, and if he's supposed to be the next big bad, they they shit on him. I feel like he we needed to see more of him taking over these planets and these universes. We needed and to see we the didn't. conqueror conquer. Right, exactly. It's as simple as that. We didn't see him conquer. I think we needed more backstory on Kang and less backstory on Janet. Yes, I would. I, I, I think. Agree. I think at least that way it would have been better. Like, or at least but when she I touches. I do think. I do think the the new next season of Loki is going to fill in some of that. Gap. Oh, I can't. Probably, wait. and I, I hope they wait. do. But I th- yeah, like, or even when she touched the core, like instead of her getting like quick flashes i would i would have liked to see like an actual like maybe him conquering a planet come out even like a two minute scene yeah that's what i'm saying and then it's showing and then maybe it shows her coming back to where she was 
I just feel like we needed to see a little bit more of Kang actually doing something. Like right. the most we saw was like a 10 second clip of him shooting the blue lasers or whatever out of his like yeah. gloves. Yeah. And I feel like and it like just, people just running. Yeah, it wasn't enough for me to be honest. I feel like if you're going to show him as that guy, actually show him as that guy. Yeah. Like I need I to see him doing something. It, even in the trailers though, for right now for Creed 3, I think he's more Badass in Creed yeah. Three than he is than they <laughs> wrote him in in Ant Man. That's I'm being that's honest. Valid. Like valid. he seems. I mean, even like those scenes we got of Thanos in like Infinity War and Endgame, where it was like I don't know two three minutes of him on a planet where he takes half the population. Right, yeah. he's menacing. Them. Like that's what they needed for this. They They're not something- setting. Or they even needed him like reacting more with the people in the quantum realm to make them understand why they fear him. They're, they're not all setting like, up okay, a good villain. Okay, right. They're not they're not showing us why he is the biggest villain. They're just yeah. showing us that he already is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, but with Thanos, they introduced him in Avengers. They introduced him, you know, they we saw him getting the gauntlet at the end of uh whichever movie that was. I think it was Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. Uh we, That's true. you know. There's a big lead up to this character, to to Thanos. And then we also see him taking over, you know, the one planet Gamora's on. But like with Kang, it's just like Kang's here. He's the biggest, baddest, meanest of them all. And their way of backing that up is the people or creatures in the quantum realm saying that that they fear him so much. And another thing that they used to back it up was saying or making Kang say that he got banished. Yeah. That they yeah. sent him to the quantum realm. But I like, think we I needed. Just, it was a. It was a lot of saying and not a lot of doing. Yeah. I think we needed more of a tease in Loki than, uh, mm-hmm. or, or even in just another movie, because yeah. because even in Loki we didn't get a tease of like you know a big bad. We just got a tease of a guy who was pretty cool and Sylvie killed him. Another thing. Another thing to mention. Not everybody watches the TV shows. Yeah. No. You know what I mean? Like for me. I watch all the TV shows, but my girlfriend went and saw the movie with me. She didn't watch any of the TV shows. Right. So she, I had to, like, fill her in on all the details. And I feel like it's not just my girlfriend that doesn't watch the TV shows. There's right. a lot of people who don't. And if you yeah. don't, you're out of the loop. And quite frankly, that's just not... I don't want to say it's not okay, because, like, you should need to watch the TV shows. But you should, like, put in subtle, like, subtle things that... Yeah. Like what they've done in the past. Like besides like on Disney Plus where it's like, oh, you know how they do the Ant-Man collection or, you know, Mm -hmm. you should see this before seeing Quantumania. You know, they should do they should try to tell you at least ahead of time. Be like, you know, make sure you watch Loki before going to see this movie or make sure you see this. You know, stuff like that. But we have some honorable mentions in the cast here. We have Bill Murray, David Dastamalchian. He's the one that plays Veb. But he also plays Kurt, the guy from the first two Ant uh, Ant Man movies, the Russian guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The the uh, Baba Yaga guy. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But he also plays. Also, isn't he also Polka Dot Man in Suicide Squad? Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't think he was bad. I thought he was actually good as Veb. Yeah, he was cool. I thought he was yeah, really the cool little, as Veb. The little goo boy. He yeah, was it was great. It was, it was funny. Uh, Randall Park as Jimmy Woo. Woo. Love him. Oh, wait. We have applause. Hold on. <laughs> Jimmy Woo. And last but not least, we have Corey Stoll as... Um, Modok. Modok, or weak yes, Modok. Yes, Modok. No, Modok. Gotta put the F in there. Yeah. 
I don't know. What do we think about Modoc? Because I feel like that's an important thing to mention. So I was. I liked Modoc. I liked him. Ooh. I thought he was funny. I know. I know it's unpopular. I that thought is he was funny. I thought. I mean, like, granted, some of the lines were like a little, a little cringy. Um, but that's just with like some Marvel writing that's been happening now. Um, I thought he was funny. I thought it tied up the Yellow Jacket storyline. Like, I thought it made sense that he was there and like that's what happened to him and i think it also added a little bit to like why kang is so scary like oh look what he did to this human being like yeah i don't know i liked him i thought he was funny we gotta detract from me we got a we got a glimpse of modok ass though in this movie which yeah, i'm surprised that, that they were gonna <laughs> um i wasn't a huge fan of modok but i wasn't you know really pissed but at the same time modok's supposed to be this like really on modok's supposed to be unhinged and just fucking marking everybody he sees like he's supposed to just kill people and like we see a bit of that in the beginning we a little bit but not like a lot like like he's not really unhinged he's just kind of like comical he's kind of they just showed him unhinged but not like violently unhinged. yeah if that makes sense he's just like get back here Get he back was, here. He was a pansy. Yeah, he really was. It's as was. simple as that. And they show him as this, like, coward. Yeah. I feel like I wanted was, to see more of him being a little bit crazy because we see Corey still playing him in the first, in, like, his last appearance. He's a dickhead. Yeah, he's and he's, he, he's scary in the first Ant-Man. Yeah. Like, he is terrifying. But in this, he's kind of a, a pussy. Yeah. Yes, really I don't is. like him in this. I don't like what they did with him. And uh, I like the fact that they showed that Kang made him and that he fears Kang in a way. Yeah. But I needed to see more of MODOK actually, like, like doing MODOK things, like killing people and, yeah. you know, like, I, think I don't know. The I, writers, like I think the writers and director really just missed the mark on this movie. I yeah. liked how, I liked the plot of it, but I just don't think they put it together very well. No, the execution wasn't there. Yeah. Rock is my like least like in my opinion it's like the least wrong thing with the movie I, I guess like really? you know like I can like look at him and like laugh and be like okay whatever like he's the thing that made me laugh the most probably in this movie just like him existing right but like the thing was it it just to me it didn't seem like that that was his character like yellow jacket was a badass scary dude. Yeah. And the, now like now that he turned into Modoc and he's got all these like the cool formative. gadgets and shit even though he's just a big floating head with dangling arms and legs, with baby you legs. know. Yeah. But like he could still be a freaking badass and like like kill a lot of people. I yeah. just take it that he was like broken by Kang. Like Kang like just totally messed with his head and he's like completely subservient now. Well, that I can see. Yeah, but well, like, if you know. think about it, he wasn't there for a while. Yeah, he was in there at least five years. Because more, that's how long more the than blip that. Happened. Well, more at least, yeah. Because Ant Man came out before be like Civil War, 10 or, or ten or seven years. Or I want to say I've, closer to ten. Yeah, yeah. Because Civil War even is a few years. I could just see that the being in the quantum realm just like broke him. Yeah. and that's why he's as weird as he is. I could definitely see that, but yeah, I just. Uh, uh, I, I get what you're saying, and you're kind of you're kind of changing my opinion a little bit on Modoc, because now thinking about it, if he's been in there for like ten years, you know that does kind of make sense that he's Kang's bitch. Yeah, no doubt. 
But because if he ever tried to act out, Kang would probably just bitch slapped him. Well, he did. Like, yeah. right. he did. Yeah, right. he did. He like threw him up against the wall. Right. And that's what yeah. I'm saying. Like he's just Kang's bitch now. So it kind of makes a little more sense. Yeah. yeah. But uh, moving forward, we can jump into the director and their experience. We have Peyton Reed. Uh, Peyton Reed directed all three of the Ant-Man movies, two episodes of The Mandalorian, three episodes of New Girl, and Yes Man, starring Jim Carrey. I, I figured I'd put New Girl on there for you, John. Thank you. I, I'm a big fan of New Girl, yeah. so it's a great show. Um, I feel like it's a good line of experience, to be honest. Especially, I would count those two episodes of The Mandalorian as some very good experience. Especially working with John Favreau. Exactly. Yeah. Now, have you started Mandalorian yet? The new season, Jess? I've never watched any of it. Really? Oh, you wow. haven't watched it with... I've never watched a single Star Wars media at all. Wow. I know a lot about it. But, Disappointing. But no, I haven't watched it. It's 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 a really good show. It's great, and I I don't doubt it. I just have no idea what's going. Yeah, on. no, that's dude. That's fine. I'm telling you, in this first episode, Grogu is like ten times more adorable than in any other season. Doesn't he like spin on a spinny chair or something? Yeah, it is adorable. <laughs> it yeah, is I saw great. that on TikTok. He just kept going. He just kept using the force, and he just kept going. Wee wee. Um, um, but I think you can see like the 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 like influence of the Mandalorian and the Star Wars world on the quantum like oh, quantum 100%. realm. Like yeah. I swore we were in space. I was like, well, oh these look like Star Wars characters. Yeah. Well John texted me halfway through the thing and he was like, what did you say? I think I feel like I'm re watching Return of the Jedi. Uh no not Return of the Jedi. I think it was Rise of Skywalker because uh, of the storyline itself. Yeah. Well I, no, I, I thought it was I felt like I was watching Return of the Jedi when you know, the big ship comes out, or, or not ship, but, like, whatever they're, all the people are on, and it looks like they're Tusken Raiders. Yeah. And, like, I was, like, I, I turned to Dad, and I was, like, I was, like, dude, this is just like Star Wars. He goes, I know, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> yeah, like, when they were in that, like, one bar, I was, like, oh, we're in the cantina right yeah. now. Like, yeah. You're, you're getting ready to hear... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it definitely gave me very, very Star Wars alien vibes. But in, that in the that was even the same with Captain Marvel. Like I felt like that was just like another almost episode of Star Wars. A lot of the, a lot of the the, the like dog fights in the air, you know, with the with the spaceships and everything. I just felt like it was very Star Warsy. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Uh, but that's pretty much it for Peyton Reed. If we want to jump forward into some visual effects, I know this movie was very heavy on visual effects. We don't have many notes, but I feel like it's kind of a given. We could just talk about it because it's yeah. just very, it was very beautiful. I love seeing all the quantum realm. I thought it was very visually, um, pleasing, pleasing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, I would agree. even, even a lot of the characters looked good. Like Veb was sick. Like how is, I loved how Veb like was just like, he was literally a goo boy, like you described yeah. him. Like, and they did it very well um, with, you know, how they made him walk, how they made him like jiggle. It was just, <laughs> it was funny. It was good. And they did a very good job of that. Yeah. Is there anything that stands out to you? Um, visual effects wise, I think they were fine. Um, I like personally don't love like these CJ, CGI like fest movies. So, I mean, it was fine. It's not, like, my personal favorite, but I would have loved to see if they had, like, actual physical sets for any of this stuff. I think that would be wild. Oh, yeah. But um, um, it, it's fine. It, it wasn't, like, 
anywhere on my radar to be like, oh, that doesn't look real. But it wasn't like, mm. oh, this is the most beautiful thing to me either. Right. Yeah. John? I'm thinking. I I think harder. One thing that comes to mind for me is when they're in like the bar where they're meeting Bill Murray. Mm-hmm. And I want to say, yes, okay, with the octopus. Oh, yeah. That when, was... Where Hank says, sorry, and then makes the octopus huge. I really like that that uh, scene. I think the visual effects on that were really well done. And yeah. that whole, like, sequence of them fighting the, what do you even want to call those people? Like, the the security of, yeah, like, I don't Kang's know. Kang's goons? goons, I guess, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, when they're fighting them, and then they went, when they get on the ship, and uh, one one thing that I really liked from visual effects was where Hank had to put his arms in these like slugs. The, oh my god, the or whatever, goo, the whatever goo things, yeah, whatever. I thought that was a, a nice touch. I, I thought, thought that, that was, was hilarious. That was that was some nice comic relief. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. I think it was too. But other than that, like everything looked really, really great. The visual effects were beautiful, but it's what we expect, and yeah. that's. That's the high standard that we have in terms there, of the visual effects. There was one thing, though. Modoc's face was really not done well. Like, his face was just... It just didn't... You, didn't you could like tell it? it was very CG. Like, I was able to tell that it was very... Like, especially when he talked. Like, his lips looked very, like, messed up. Not messed up, but, like, I don't know. It just looked... To me, Modoc's face just looked very wrong know a lot about Modoc and I'll, I'll put myself out there I don't know a lot about him in the comics but like for some reason when I pictured him I pictured him being like in a tube if that makes sense like with a like glass in front of his face so right. like I didn't think his face was like supposed to kind of like stick out of the mm-hmm. mask right but that could also just be mean like not knowing a lot about him so that's why I thought it was like kind of okay that his face was flat but that could have literally just been my interpretation of him it just seemed like like to me I'm still like looking at like I was still looking at him like and just trying to picture him as actual, uh, you know, Corey Stoll. Like, to me, he didn't look like himself. Like, like, himself. like it just, it it looked very but weird my, and very CG to me. My thinking is maybe he just got so messed up from yeah. changing sizes so many times, yeah. like how he did at the end of Ant-Man. Maybe that's why he didn't look as good. Or maybe it was just because the CGI wasn't done well. Like, we don't know. You know what I mean? I think they just, like, tried to CG enlarge his face, and it just kind of, like, didn't work that well. And it just looked off to me. Yeah. That's that's very possible. Uh, Do we have any other visual effects that we want to mention? I don't think so. No? We can move forward. Uh, If we want, we can jump into some cinematography. I know there were a lot of shots that were really well done. Yeah. So... I know for me, off the bat, I had one that I really enjoyed. It almost reminds me of another Star Wars scene. Yeah. I think it is... Um, what movie? I don't know. It. Not A New Hope. What's the one after that again? Uh, the Return of the Jedi. No. Yeah. A New Order. No. Isn't that one of them? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Star Wars episode no. five. Yeah, uh, Empire Strikes Back and then Return of the Jedi. Yes, Empire, Empire Empire Strikes Back. It's when they're fighting in the snow on uh, Hoth, and they're yeah. fighting like the AT-ATs. Yeah, or whatever the big ones are. The yeah, AT-ATs. Yeah, the AT-ATs. I that scene is similar to the scene in this film 
when Ant-Man is getting going like super big and going at oh, Kang's and, th- and yeah. stomping on everything. Um, I feel like that shot was really, really cool. And just seeing how massive he was from the ground, you see him stepping on everything. And that was kind of similar to me in my mind of Star Wars with the ATATs. Just kind of yeah. just smashing things. And I, I don't know. It, it just made me like reminisce about that Star Wars sense. for some reason. So this, this whole movie was a little Star Wars-y. I would agree. But th- and the funny thing is, is they reference Star Wars in the MCU. You hear Spider-Man in Civil War go... You ever see that really old movie? Yeah. Uh, Empire Strikes Back. You know? Exactly. I and, mean, and you see the Death Star. And, right. And Palpatine. So it's because oh, it's, a yeah. Dis- it's Disney now. It's Disney owned. So that makes sense. I know also, you have a few of them here. Technically, so. even in, in What If, I'm pretty sure we saw Vader's castle on Mustafar. Really? In What If. Like, you see them, like, going through, like, the different worlds. And I'm pretty sure that they tease that, like, Star Wars is, you know... Some out there somehow Somewhere a part of the MCU. Interesting. I never heard about that, but that's yeah. On what if I swear to God I saw huh. uh, Vader's castle on Mustafar. It's very possible. To be honest, I don't know. Um, there are two the two uh, kind of scenes that I really like talking uh, want to talk about. It's the opening scene where we see San Francisco and it's like on the side of a bus, and then it like quickly quickly pans to Scott walking down the street. I thought that was a great pan shot. I thought that was fantastic how the way they did that. But they probably didn't even do that. Probably wasn't even a pan shot. It was probably a cut or a transition. Yeah. But still, I to me it looked really really good. And then I liked how they shot Scott's eyes when they were in the car with Cassie. Mm-hmm. Uh it just it it was very it was very good and it's like they're trying to do a lot more of like car cinematography like in 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 a lot of new movies even in the batman you know we see all the different mirror perspectives in the batman and i think they're trying to find new ways to shoot in a car without kind of doing that one static shot where it's you know driver passenger and then person in the back seat you know and and i like that i thought it was very good and i feel like the mcu is doing a lot more of that now recently uh we see a lot of it in she hulk a lot of Mm -hmm. car shots yeah I think we saw some in Hawkeye. Maybe there were Not oh really there were Hawkeye. I don't there think. were some in um, Moon Knight. Where remember when he's driving like the cupcake truck? Oh yeah, that was I really like good that. too. But was cool. I feel like the MCU everybody was doing that a lot. Now. Everybody was shitting on that scene because they were like, "Oh my god, the CGI is so bad." It's I like, was cool. dude, relax. The CGI was rough in that one, but well, I did like. But it the got CGI. better. Yeah, no, the it got better throughout the thing. Yeah. Um, my favorite scene from this movie is when they're like going to get that core, and you have all the the probability Scots. Yeah. Yes. Like on top of each other, and it like supposed to re- like resemble ants, like how ants go to grab stuff. Yeah. Right. I thought that was like one of the best shots in the film. I thought, especially when it like panned out and you saw like the massive. Mass I know. Of- yeah, it was really that cool. That was really nice. I thought that was really cool. Um. So also, I, I loved I how the Baskin like, Robin Scott was there. Yeah, that was a, that was a good little touch. But yeah. I thought that was like the best uh, shot probably throughout the film, and it was like it, and it was like dark and it had like just the light coming from the core to give that kind of like they I don't did know, that like spotlight effect. Like it was really cool. They did that whole like probability field thing like really well. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was really cool. Um. I guess we can jump into the acting and uh, 
But before we do, let's mention our merch. So, uh, you know, we have some nice merch. John's wearing it right now. Mine is probably in the wash or in Sitting my closet somewhere. So, yeah, we have um, <laughs> we have shirts, sweatshirts, hats, phone cases, mugs, and much Desk more. Mats. Go check it out. Go to OneShotMoviePodcast.com and use code... Quantum for 15% off. That is code Quantum. Spell it. No. <laughs> oh, hold <laughs> that, that on. It won't end well. No, it's a Q-U-A-N-T-U-M. Code Quantum for 15% off your order at OneShotMoviePodcast.com. Go pick up your merch today. Yes. Um, but now, acting. How did we feel on the acting of this this movie? There were some real winners and there were some real losers, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I think Michael Douglas did great. I love. I actually really liked Michael Douglas in this. Yeah. No, I, I don't think Michael Douglas ever fails to to make me laugh or or be kind of cool. And um, I think Jonathan Majors, Michael Douglas, um, were all like they were the best, in my opinion. Um, Michelle Pfeiffer was okay. Cassie and Evangeline Lilly were just, I, I don't care. Yeah. I, I just don't <laughs> care about them. This movie didn't make me want to care about them. Um, and I don't know if it's an acting issue or if it's a script issue, because obviously you always have always so much to work with with the script you're giving. Right. And I think that also came with my issues with um, Paul Rudd and Scott Lang. I don't think Paul Rudd acted poorly in any way. Like I think he acted fine, but the script he was given, he I was think, wrote. was just the way he was wrote was just boring. I thought he was bland. I like really like Ant Man. I think he's funny and he's comical and he's kind of like a a criminal with a heart of gold sort of like stereotype. And in this movie, he felt like he didn't want to be there. And everything that motivated him was my daughter, my daughter, Cassie, my daughter. Every line he said had my daughter, Cassie, my daughter, Cassie. Yeah. Um, yeah. In it. And it just, it like, it like pulled me away from almost everything that was happening. Every time Scott was like, I don't really want to do this. And I'm like, what do you mean? You're a superhero. Like you're supposed to do this. Like, right. Yeah. It just felt like very out of character. Like I know Scott has been kind of like a, like a hero that has never like fully wanted to be in it. But like, I mean, you saw him in civil war. He's like, I got to help captain America, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was so excited. So it. it just felt like, I don't know. He felt very flat him, Cassie, um, hope, uh, who plays the wasp. They were just all very flat one dimensional kind of, uh, boring in my opinion. I think hope was better in the first and the second one than in, in this one, hands down, hands down. I think she was 10 times better in the second one than in this one. Uh, Michael Douglas was great. Michelle Pfeiffer was was okay, like you said. Jonathan Majors was really, really good. Uh, I thought Paul Rudd was good. I think it was just the way he wrote, like he was wrote, written. like you were written. Whatever. Shut up. <laughs> Grammar Nazi. Probably I, shouldn't I, say that, but I, whatever. Um, I would agree, though. I feel like I th- the yeah. way he was written was really poor. We've mentioned it a few times. The writing in this movie was not very good. Yeah. And I feel like the, the story and the execution struggled because of it. There was so much more that we wanted that we didn't get. We didn't get to see Kang at his full force. We didn't get to see Ant-Man. Be Ant-Man, Be Ant-Man. Much. He was a coward to, for the and, most part. And, it's, I, and I don't think it was because he didn't want to be Ant-Man. I think he was just... I think they wrote him too much like kind of too overprotective of Cassie. Like I think they wrote him to be 
very overprotective and it didn't hit the mark because like Cassie was taking care of herself where Scott was trying to make up for lost time. Right. That's what I think. And it was just like, okay, but technically you're not Ant-Man in this film. You're aunt dad. I feel like the relationship between Cassie and Scott really didn't like, it didn't hit like when he was, when she was much younger, their relationship was so charismatic. Like it was like, Oh my God, this dad wants to do everything for his daughter and he loves her so much. And like, she loves him and they have this like amazing connection and like watching them interact was like some of the best parts of the earlier Ant-Man's in this movie. I was like, I literally don't want her there. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't like her at all. I just didn't. And like I said, I don't want to blame Catherine Newton because I don't think it's her fault. I think it's just like whatever they were giving was, was not, was not enough. Right. That's fair. Um, but I mean, anybody else in terms of acting that we didn't really love? Or somebody that we did love. I think Corey Stoles did a good job acting as he, you know, as he was supposed to. But like, like we've been saying throughout this whole show, you know, the the writing is just kind of eh. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I feel like Jonathan Majors did the best job out of anybody in this film. I feel like the writing held him back in a way, but I feel like for what he was given, he did a very excellent job. Right. So. Yeah, I stand by that 100%. He's, he's my favorite character from this film, despite it not being Absolutely. super menacing. Right. So. Um, I would say we could talk about some Easter eggs, but there really aren't many. Um, I The only things I can really think of is we talk about the two end credit scenes. Yeah, so do we want to break those yeah. down a little bit, let everybody know so, who hasn't or who have seen them? So the first end credit scene shows, you know, the, the Council of Kangs. But we have... Um, like four, I think it's like four of the big bad Kangs. Mm-hmm. I think it was I think around it was three. Yeah, three. And then there's you know the one we saw, who's yeah. quote unquote dead. Um, but they all have their names. I don't. Some of them are hard to pronounce. I don't know. They're Mortis, right? What isn't isn't a Mortis one of them? No, that's what they say. This Kang is going to turn into a Mortis. Oh, yeah, I don't like the. Big bad. I honestly don't well, there, know much there's like about the, this. There's like the Egyptian one. Yeah. yeah. Um, who like he goes back in time. He's known to go back in time and like he like becomes one of the pharaohs um, okay. in Egypt. Yeah, I saw I that. Thought one, I thought the other one was a mortis. I'm honestly not. I don't not think so. so. Sure. I thought a mortis was what this. They said this Kang is going to become. Yeah, I don't know much about this kind of stuff, to be honest with you. Uh, I just saw the end credit scene, the first one with all the Kangs. I'm like, oh, that's kind of neat. Like, you see all the different Kangs are going to come together. And pretty much their goal was, hey, we noticed that they're trying, that they're building, and they almost beat our Kang. Let's beat them to it, and let's take over. Yeah, that was that was nuts, though, where, you know, we There's see so all many. these Kangs show up. There are so many Kangs. It was crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. But you know, the thing is, is like, if there are this many Kangs, imagine how many Thanoses there are. Not even Thanos. Just how like, many there's of a, there's, everybody? Yeah. But like, Thanos could be, could come back. Yeah, but nobody, I feel like I, it's very drawn that. out because <laughs> it ended very, it very, it ended very well. Yeah. It was a 10 year buildup. We don't, I feel like we wouldn't want to see that again, yeah. to be honest. 
So, but I still think that you know, there's still even when you're. Oh, what? sorry. No, go ahead. Even when you're panning through all the Kangs, you can see all the different variants. Like, I mean, there's one that's like a scroll Kang. Yeah. Um, there's like lower level Kangs and there's higher level Kangs. And I think this is what Kang was warning us about in the movie. He was like, if you don't let me out, wait till you see what happens. And right. I think that's what is going to happen. And this is, is going to lead into the Kang Kangs Dynasty. Are, are going to come and destroy the world. Oh, yeah. You mean Army of Kangs? But also, a lot of people are saying in that end credit scene, they're using uh, Fantastic Four Reed Richards from Multiverse of Madness. They're using his technology because you know how he showed up with the box and it went oh. and it went up. Mm. People are saying that's how these Kangs are arriving, and because of that, it's due to the fact that he is a descendant of Reed Richards. He is Nathaniel Richards. Who? Kang. Well, that's what I was gonna say. If you if you go to the that's a the, thing. The final, the final end credit, you have you know Loki and Morbius, um, not Morbius, Mobius. <laughs> no, don't talk about Morbius. Uh, I don't want to hear that like, name. In the audience of like uh, eighteen, like Victor Timely, and you see Victor Timely, who is Kang in that time. Victor Timely is like a code name for Nathaniel Richards, which is uh, a uh, they're all they're all like technically yeah they're all like technically descendants of reed richards yeah, i never knew that yeah. to be honest but like they go by many different names like we there's victor timely there's you know a bunch of other ones there's nathaniel richards and actually nathaniel richards is supposed to be ironheart or that's what he was in the comics um but then you know he feeds a he he finds or yeah, something. He meets another variant of himself, which is Kang, and a lot of stuff has happened. So oh, there, there's, there's a lot of Kang lore that you can, you know, look into because mm -hmm. it, it does get complicated. There are a lot of it, stuff. It seems like to, it gets very complicated. Yeah. Um, last yeah. Easter egg, uh, Loki, you know, as she said, um, he's back. It was the first time we saw him on, on the, the big, big screen, screen since Infinity War. And funny, funny thing is... I went with my dad and I was like, I was like waiting at the end of the movie. We're waiting through the credits and I'm like, I'm like, I'm kind of disappointed. He goes, why? I go, you know, I didn't really, there was nothing about Loki or anything. And then of course the, the final, final thing came up and it's, you know, Kang old, older Kang and like the, whatever, whatever year it is. And it cuts to, to Loki and Mobius and I go, I'm just like smacking my dad. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I, I knew it. I knew it. That's that's good. You saw a little bit of Loki. And I was so happy. I when, was excited, but I was like, oh, like I kind of wanted to see. Dude, you kind you kind of pissed me off when you texted me after the movie. You were like, yeah, and I was yeah. like, fuck you. Well, I didn't. I was like, fuck you. That was great. In the moment, I was like, oh, it's Loki. Like, I don't really care. But then I thought about it a little bit more. I'm like, oh, it's Loki. We haven't seen him in a long time. So yeah. it was it was actually kind of nice. But at the same time, I kind of wish we got something else, maybe a, a cameo for something that we're going to see down the line. I but, was, you know, we've seen a lot of cameos in the last couple of films that so haven't come you. to fruition yet. So we'll take that for what it is. Um, can we move forward into some movie ratings on websites? Yeah. So to start off, First, we have IMDb at a 6.5 out of 10. We have Rotten Tomatoes at a 48%, but a user score of 83%. And then last but not least, we have Metacritic at a 48%. Jesus Christ. How do we feel? Um, I'm not a fan of Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic. I feel like they're a little low. 
to be honest. They're way too low. But IMDb is exactly where my rating I, I'm I'm close. Falls. My my rating is close to IMDb. It's very close. It falls at like a six point five. Um Rotten Tomatoes is a little low and Metacritic, but they're critics. They don't like like superhero movies, so I don't really expect them to have like rave reviews. Um but yeah, I think IMDb just... like is right where it should be. Like that's exactly where I would put it in my ratings. Yeah. Uh something I read recently was critics on Rotten Tomatoes, Metacritic, and those websites, they don't like stories that are continuous through multiple different movies. They like the one-offs. So that's yeah. why their scores are always a little bit Kinda lower on those movies because they like to know everything for this movie here and not have to know any prior knowledge. Well, yeah, I which get Which makes that. sense. Because they're critics. They don't want to have to watch, you know, like you said, a 10-year buildup. Exactly. And then to, to continue crit- critiquing, you know, movies to come. Yeah. Um, but yeah, now- I, I th- oh. sorry. I think the score is right where it was. I mean, besides all the stuff we've talked about with like the script, um, there were like two other issues I had that, that, I mean, one of the biggest thing was I thought Kang was defeated way too easily, like crazy, crazy easily. Yeah, that, um, I was thinking that too. Um, the fact that like not, no one died. Yeah. Yeah. Like no major like, character. Not even a major character. Like even the, the, the small side characters, like that woman that was uh, like, in charge I didn't of, like, like her the, the quantum rebellion yeah. she didn't even die the one person that died was the guy with the light for a head yeah I liked, I, him. I liked him too I liked him <laughs> and he, he was, was great fine, I was pissed when he like, died but like w- like that whole entire revolution should have been smothered oh I know and yeah. then and then hope Janet or Hank should have died well, not that I said I not that I want any of them to die but one of them should have I died. think if anything hope should have died that that way it would have given Scott something to fight for because if Hank died, then hope would have been, you know, trying to kill Kang. And it would just been like, I think hope is the only one that could die to give Scott that kind of motivation to like fight and kill Kang. Yeah. I mean, you, you don't want to have an issue with like fridging women though. Like having yeah. like a woman die. So like a man can like fulfill his purpose sort of thing. But I just, I think they needed to have someone die. So when like they finally, you know, see him later, they're like, that's the man that killed my father. Or yeah, like, right. you know, there was that sort of like tie in. That, that. that that's a good that's a good thought to Ima- be honest. Imagine they killed Cassie after Scott did all that stuff for her. <laughs> after she gets recasted. <laughs> yeah. Damn. You, hey, yeah. we're gonna recast you, but guess what? We're actually gonna kill you off too. In the same exact <laughs> movie. So Yeah, I knew they that. were gonna kill her because obviously like she's supposed to be part of the young Avengers or whatever. Yeah. But. I thought the person that they had at in Endgame would have been fine. I can't remember who it was. It, it wasn't like a big name, but like they, give her a chance. Like I it think she looked. I think she looked more of like the the little girl Cassie that than Catherine Newton does. I think that character fit, but they had to recast her, and I was I was very upset about that because I thought she looked. Like how Cassie would have looked in five years. Oh, I see. It's right? uh, Emma Furman. But, like, tell me she doesn't look like how, you know, you think Cassie would have looked in five years. They kind of both do, I'm going to be honest. So, Catherine Newton, I feel like she, you can see it a little bit. I don't know. I, she's, like, five years old or six years old in the first one, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> right. But, like, I don't know. I feel like that 
isn't super important, to be honest, because she's not a super major character yet. Right. I think they did this for a move for the future, thinking that Catherine Newton would be a uh, critical part of the future of the MCU. To me, Catherine Newton just kind of plays the same character in every movie, even even in Supernatural. Like Fishing? she, n- yeah, kind of like you know, oh, this tough girl, you know, but then you know, kind of softens up because you know these people found her and they love her and yada yada, yada whatever. It's gotcha. like the same thing. Yeah. So, do we want to move forward into opening weekend, the budget, and the overall earnings so far? Do you want to read those for us? Me? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, the budget for this film was $200 million. Opening weekend, it made half of that, um, which is about 105, you know, 106, 105. Um, And overall, so far, it has nowhere near touched the budget. Um, In the first two weeks. Yeah. Coming in at $167 million. It's close. I mean, it's only two weeks, and it's going to break the, yeah. their budget this week, definitely. So I feel like their their success or lack thereof, it's either either way, it's going to make the money back and more. I am, I'm thinking within the next month, this is probably going to be upwards of $500 million. So you think? I would say so, yeah, because it's still a Marvel project. No matter yeah. what, they're going to make money. That's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I don't know. And last but not least, we get to draw, we get to, oh my god, we have to talk about our favorites. So we'll let you go first, Jess. Your favorite quote and or favorite scene. I don't know if I have a favorite quote because, like I said, I wasn't like a huge fan of the script. Um, but I, like I said, I think my favorite scene has to come back down to that, like that one scene with all the the Ant Man's trying to yeah. get the core. I think that was. Um, really powerful and impactful and i think it totally was like a nice slight nod to ants because we really didn't see them throughout most of this movie um That's so true. Uh, i i think i think that was kind of good and then i mean i truly like the whole um the whole um like a uh, flashback between janet and kang like that whole um like se- time lapse sequence. almost yeah, that, that time-lapse sequence of them trying to build this and, like, getting to know each other and, and sitting height. down and kind of having um, this, like, this connection about, like, oh, we want to all go back to the same place. We all have this similar goal. I right. think that was really good, and I think it showcased a lot of Jonathan Major's, like, best scenes were in that in, in that scene. Yeah, that's true. I would that would have been interesting to see if, like, if she didn't explode the core. You know, imagine what, what could have happened. What if? Season two. Yeah, that's, what a, if? that's a good if, what if, what if one. Right? That, that's that's smart. Yeah. Um, but do you have a favorite quote or not really? Because I know you said you're I not a big know. fan. I, I, I don't have anything that like sticks out to me. I did really like in the beginning when the guy was like, you're Spider-Man. That was really funny. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was on my <laughs> Thank radar. Thank you, Spider-Man. Yeah, that was on my radar as well. But for me, I I had a hard time finding. You know, he's on like that guy's like on the major cast list. When I looked this up, like he shows up on IMDb. Yeah. Like he's not in like like he's been in other projects. Oh yeah, like he's an actor. It was yeah. just crazy. It was just I thought that was so funny. For me, I had a tough time finding and or thinking of a quote because, like you, I wasn't a big fan of this film and the writing because they let a lot of these characters down. But for me, my favorite quote comes from Ant-Man, and it's towards the end of the film where he says, I don't have to win. We just both have to lose. I like And I think that. that's a pretty impactful line, and it has a lot of meaning behind it because I just feel like Kang didn't need 
or Kang couldn't win, but it didn't matter if Ant Man won, you know? Right. So he got back home anyway. So and I think take that for I, I think that is a very good quote because it does mean a lot, you know. Yeah. Like like John is saying, and it was like just like he's right, you know. Not neither of us like we both have to lose. I can't go home, but also you can't leave. But I mean, kind of both happened. He did leave and he did go home. Well, he didn't so leave, but like he got banished to wherever he's in the probability he field going. or whatever realm. Yeah, I think I yeah. would have loved that quote more if it had like. In my opinion, if Scott died, not if Scott died, but like he didn't lose. Yeah, he got back. Yeah, like, I think everything kind of wrapped up really nicely for him. I mean, granted, he has a little doubt that something's gonna go wrong, but like he said that quote, and then he's like, "Oops!" But I also still win too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that that was like, kind of my issue with it. Also, also, okay, yeah. Hope jumps back in, and then the portal closes. But like, then Cassie just goes beep boop boop. And opens open it, it back, right back up. up. What if they died? What if they were both dead and she just let Kang back out? Like, how <laughs> did she know that they didn't die? Yeah. Cassie just opened up the door and was like, hey, whoever's still standing <laughs> can walk through. Like, what? I, I know. It was a little weird, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I felt like that would have been a little bit more impactful if they didn't make it home. Right. I thought that I thought that was gonna be the case because they were stand they they were. They were standing and they were looking yeah. over the people and I thought they were just going to, you know, fall in line and live with with all these people. That's and I thought, I thought that would have been I thought that would have been good Honestly, to see. Oh, for the me. only thing that would that would have made the ending how it ended better for me is when they were in that 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 restaurant or whatever. And it's kind of like panning out. Oh, I out. know what you're saying. And if just one of the people in the background was Kang. Yeah, I thought that would have been I thought like Kang was gonna that, be their like that server. Been, that would have made that would have at least given this movie at least like another half point point up on um like on on my like scale. But the, the ending it felt way too happy. I thought Kang I was gonna be like their waiter or something. Yeah, that would have been nuts. Yeah. For me, like yeah. I'm just kind of similar to that. I feel like they needed to not make it out of the quantum realm. Yeah. I needed them to lose because this film is all about the beginning of Kang taking over. And despite Kang losing, you know, Scott should have lost too and not been able to go home. Yeah. He's got everything back that he had originally. Right. And I feel like they needed to be stuck in the quantum realm. Maybe not show us how they get out and they disappear back at home, but leave it at that and have them figure out a way to get back. Right. Maybe not. Maybe they do get home the same exact way. It's just right, it but takes they have more to. Time. They have to like find a way to send a message to to Cassie to be yeah. like, "Hey, we won. You know, bring us home." I not just, just like not was, just standing there looking yeah. over the people, and then the portal opens, and it's like, "Oh, let's go home now." It was a little too easy for me, yeah. to be honest. I just feel like it needed to be more of a struggle to get back home. But, Absolutely. And for me, my favorite scene is same same as you, uh, the ants going after the core. Or all the Scots going after the core. I feel like it, like you said, it was re very resemblant of the ants. And like you said, it has a much deeper meaning than just Scots coming together. Uh, in my opinion, I didn't really like the um, Baskin Robbins Scott. Oh, you're terrible. I John. liked the first appearance of him, but when he came back a couple times later, I was like, <laughs> yeah, like it, it is what it is. It's a Marvel thing. It's going to happen anyway. But. I liked how they were all working together, and then we see Hope come in, 
we see her grab Scott as he's falling, right? He's falling down. She catches him, I yeah. believe. And yeah. I just felt like that was really nice. So that scene is probably my first favorite. My second favorite one was probably when we see big Ant-Man going after like the Citadel of the quantum yeah. realm. So Citadel of Rick. <laughs> a it's a Rick and, Rick and Morty, Morty joke. Yeah. But, I figured. Uh, that, that's it you for me. You don't know Rick. Really. <laughs> I do know a Rick. Oh, yeah, Ricky. Ricky. Yeah. Ricky. John knows Ricky. <laughs> I know Ricky. So John's, met, Ricky. John's met Ricky. Yeah. But, My Roomba's name is Ricky, too. Yeah. Oh. I, so, told her, I told her to attach knives onto her Roomba <laughs> and just let it go around the house. That is dangerous. So. That's very he's dangerous. Already, he's already a menace. He does not need knives. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, yeah. He Didn't he knock over your plant? Yeah. Shattered the vase. <laughs> Ricky the Roomba. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah. what about you? What's your favorite? My quote? favorite quote is uh, from the guy, the telepath that has the lights. Mm-hmm. And he says, his name's Scott Lang and he has seven holes. And then Scott counts like yeah. in his head. And the funny thing is, is I was sitting in the theaters like. You were, where were you counting? Too? I was counting. Too. <laughs> <laughs> I was Me like, too. I was like, are we sure like, we have that many? holes?" I was like, nose, ear. <laughs> yeah, I was like, just yeah, sure. I was like, yeah, seven's right, seven's yeah. right. Um, <laughs> and then my favorite scene is probably just like either it's I have two. One mm. is the ending. I just like the final fight between all of them, even though Kang was defeated fairly easily. I did like that whole scene, but my second one is part where Michael Douglas comes in with all the ants, and yeah. and he's just like he's just like he's just like ants. You know, it was great. Yeah, I goes, love that. He just goes, "Oh, sorry, I'm late." Yeah, collected all the ants. Which yeah. was cool. He should, he should have done that one ad where they like slap each, and they're like ants. Oh, ants. <laughs> the the one interview or whatever they did. Yeah, it's not. An, it was literally an an ad for like, they were for like, oh, which you one? Need to film. I want to say it was for the first one. And it was like you need to film an ad for so people come and see this movie Ant Man and Michael Douglas and Paul Rudd were like we got it and then they just did like hand bone <laughs> and they're like ants yeah ants <laughs> it was just I don't know I thought it was so funny that that they shit on him the whole time for liking ants so much and then and then he just comes in with this like swarm of ants and yeah. he's just like kind of giving him like the the smirk like fuck you guys these ants are taking it. And they did. They helped yeah. a lot. So, yeah. Uh, now we can jump to our final rankings. As we guys, as you guys know, we rank, we rate these on three different scales: acting, plot, and overall. And we'll let our guest give her ratings first. Real quick, John, are you okay? Are you having a stroke? I'm very tired. I've been very, <laughs> very overworked the last few days. So. All right. Well, Jess. Okay, so it was it was acting, plot, and overall. Yes. Yeah. I'll go overall first. I'm giving it a six point five out of ten. Um, it just. It wasn't my favorite, but it wasn't the worst. Like, I'm not running to go watch it again, but if someone put it on the TV, I'll watch it. Um, acting, 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 I'll, I'll I'll give it, I'll give it a seven out of 10. Like I said, I don't think acting was the issue. I think the writing was a, a bigger issue. Um, so that's where I'm going to lower plot, I think. I think I'll give the plot like a five out of 10, just because, because of the writing and the script, it really detracted from the overall plot in my, in my, my opinion. Right. John, for me, I'm kind of similar to be honest. Um, we kind of had similar views about this film, to be honest. For me, acting, I'm gonna give it like a seven. Uh, I feel like the writing kind of held back the acting, so they couldn't use their full potential. 
uh, plot, I'm going to give it a, a I want to give it a six. Yeah, I'm going to go with a six uh, just because I like the plot. I just felt like there was a lot more that we needed to see. And the story was just kind of meh. And there was too much comedy for me. And overall, I'm going to give it a six. Like I said, I, I'm i kind of similar with you. I'd sit and watch it again if it was on, but I'm not very anxious to go and watch it again. I enjoyed the movie, kind of. It was just average to me. I feel like there was a lot more that could have been done that wasn't done. So, For me, I'm going to go acting a seven because I didn't really like Catherine Newton and I didn't like Evangeline Lilly that much. Um, but, you know, I'm giving it a, a seven because... You know, Michelle Pfeiffer wasn't terrible. She was decent, you know. And Jonathan Majors kind of made up for Evangeline Lilly and and, fair. and Catherine fair. Newton. For plot, I really enjoyed the plot. Like, the plot itself. Not the way it was written. The plot itself. I liked the story behind it. You know, Kang has to get this core. Ant-Man's the only one that can really do it, you know. And, you know... Shit like that. I thought it was very good. So I'm giving the plot a seven and then overall a seven. So I'm just going, you know, average. it's an average movie. Yeah. So I'm giving it sevens across the board. Okay, that's fair. Uh, do we have any closing remarks from anybody? Any last words? Don't be comments? a dick. Yeah. Don't be a dick, Darren. <laughs> See, that scene could have ended so well if she just didn't say the thing at the end. Oh, yeah. I know. At least he died in Avengers. Yeah, he died in Avenger. Yeah. He was Scott was like a brother to him. I thought that was that scene was actually hilarious. That scene was funny, yeah. yeah but I didn't Scott, really like you were always like a brother to me. At least I I'll was. <laughs> at least I'll die in Avenger. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure, totally. Sure. <laughs> Have you guys seen those memes all over like Instagram and TikTok? And it's like Avenge the Fallen and it's the face of Modoc, but like on the Ant Man uh not Ant Man, on the endgame like posters. No. Oh, it's hilarious. it's great. It says Avenge the Fallen, like how, you know, in yeah. Endgame, oh, you know, they were trying... You know what? I did see that one. I did see it. Yeah, it's so funny. I gotta look that up later. Because he's yeah. in Avengers now. Oh my god, that's crazy. <laughs> but I think that really wraps it up, right? Yeah, that does. Uh, thank awesome. you for coming on the show, Jess. I'll yeah, see you this weekend. Yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> so, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for watching. If you guys are new here, please feel free to leave a like, hit subscribe, or follow on whatever platform you're watching or listening Instagram, on. TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, and the camera just died. Perfect timing. That's yeah. fine. Um, so. so make sure you go follow all those links in the YouTube, links in our Instagram bio, links in everything. Yeah, and feel free to follow us on Instagram and TikTok. We're posting a kind of new type of content on there. It's kind of an exclusive. Uh, we're doing interviews with people, asking them questions, and if they get the questions correct, they get a sticker. Yeah. So, and if some, you guys go watch stuff. and give us more followers, maybe we'll be able to afford more than a sticker. Yeah, maybe we can give them like a dollar. <laughs> we can then we can afford a dollar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we can give people money then. Yeah. So yeah, thank you guys so much for watching, and uh, that's a wrap. <laughs>